if you take it seriously, then other people will. But if you treat it as a bit of fun and just something you're doing on the side, then then it'll stay that way. You need to you need to make time for the side projects. So whether it's an hour a week or a day a week or you know whatever, but just consistently work on them. And it, it's okay to not know at the beginning how you're going to make money off of it. But at some point, you need to sit down and think, okay, is this a real business? And if so, I need to take it seriously. I like today's topic, something mm-hmm. I'm interested in, something I think a lot of our listeners will be interested in. We're, tar- we're talking about flipping a side project into a real business. Because mm-hmm. many side projects, many side projects blossom into businesses. Um, I, I bet some of the tools that, that we all use on a daily basis probably started as a side project. People who are passionate about what they do usually end up dabbling in side projects for a myriad of reasons, whether it be money or honing their skills or building an audience. But what what does it take to turn a side project into a business? That's what we're talking about today. What does it take, Paddy, to turn a side project into a business? Yeah, well, it takes quite a few things. And uh, so we've got a list of of things you should consider before and during the the process of of turning a side project you know flipping it into just from just a bit of fun to something that's actually going to make you money and you can you can work off and uh it's something that that I'm in the middle of trying to do with our with our kids app so trying to move it from where it started into something that's a bit more serious yeah like you guys started WeTaps as just one app, didn't you? But it's since kind of developed into this um, a booming business with multiple apps. So did you sit down with your business partner in the beginning and say, okay, let's just build one app and scratch that itch? Or did you both discuss the intention of turning it into a business and adding other apps? Well, it definitely started off as as a bit of fun where we made we made our first app we rockets and we made that purely for the 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 developer i work with for for his kids he wanted to make an app that that his kids could play with and we put it in the app store and and we yeah we wrote our you know goals for the for the project and the app and we wanted to uh, we wanted it to to have a high enough quality that we were proud of it and we wanted to have a a complete little story around it and and um we had various other goals of, of how many features should be in it and it, it had to work without any text and all that sort of stuff. So we took it seriously and this is a real little project that we want to finish and put out there. Um, but we didn't really we didn't really envision it as a as a real business uh, at that stage. It was it was just a bit of fun that we were doing in the evenings, just a kind of just something uh, a little fun project that I could do some nice illustrations of rockets, and he could make something nice for his kids and try out some different development um, techniques. And so we ended up, you know, putting it in the app store, and then just just seeing that that it was it was making a bit of money and. So we we decided, hey, that was fun. Let's make another one. And we uh, so we built our second app and then a third app, and we we made sure to keep them all under the same brand, and they sort of shared characters, and and um, then then we put you know the WeTaps brand around it, and um, and just kept shipping apps. And we we sat down seriously and thought, okay, if we were going to take this as a real business, I mean, what is our what is our strategy going to be? Um, and that's something we've talked about before on the show where we wanted to we wanted to take 
have multiple apps in a collection of apps, like multiple small apps that were that were focused on one one particular task, or they did one thing and did it really well. Rather than spending all of our time and working for years on on one app and just keeping adding stuff and adding stuff to our to our first app, that's not what we really wanted to do. We wanted to we saw we could there was a way to market having a, a little family of apps that that people would be more encouraged to buy to buy all of them. So that's that's kind of a discussion that happened after we shipped our first one, where we saw that that well, we could potentially make some money out of this, and then uh, and then we shipped our second one and our third one, and we we just kept growing it like that. So it's still kind of it's still a bit of fun in the sense that we really enjoy doing it, but it's also making us money and is a is a real business, and it's we're yeah taking it seriously. Yeah, but it still was kind of it was it was it naturally evolved. So you don't think that before you start your side project, you have to have a solid idea of whether you want it to transition into a business um, or whether it's just a bit of fun for evenings and weekends. You don't think it's it's too important to get caught up in all of that in the beginning. You think it's okay to just go with the flow. No, I mean it has to. The the reason you're doing the side project is. Well, there's many reasons for doing a side project, but one of the main ones is is that you're you're wanting to do something you're interested in, or it's a bit of fun, or you're you're just intrigued by new software, or or whatever the reason is, you're wanting to do something on the side, and it's um usually it's it's you're not thinking immediately about you know how is this going to make me a millionaire, so it's it's important to to just go with the flow a little bit at the start and and see if you know, you enjoy doing this on the side, but then at a certain point when you, when you actually ship something or you get some key feedback from, from users, or you see that it's actually resonating with people or or people are enjoying it, then you have to think, okay, that, you know, could this be a real business and do I want it to be a real business? Do I want to put more time into this and focus more on this than, uh, than I was before whenever it was just a bit of fun? Because yeah. there, I mean, there are there are quite a few reasons to do side projects. Maybe we should list out like a few of those. I mean, there's good reasons for for doing side projects. First thing is um, that it keeps you sane. Like if you work on the same thing all day, nine to five, uh, and you're, it can really, it, it can really create uh, kill your creativity. You know, you need a creative outlet to to keep your your mind healthy and and to have a bit of variation we've said that quite a bit about working on different projects another thing is that that side projects can influence your work so your creativity is built up of of everything you do and experience so the more creative activities you engage in the greater your all of your work will will inevitably be side projects they show your commitment as well so the it looks great to potential employers if your portfolio is filled up with um with projects that you did in your free time because it shows you it shows that you uh, are committed outside of your 9 to 5 job and you're you have a real passion for the whatever the the industry is that you're in and um that you you can spend your own time working on uh, on work rather than uh, you know just doing the bare minimum at uh, uh in your 9 to 5 job Another reason is uh, that side projects can get you the work that you want to get. So, I mean, you can type up a great description of your potential in a in a CV, but it won't it, that won't get you hired. If you want to get hired to do something, you should already be doing it. So, 
if you're in a job you hate and you wish there were there were you wish there was something else that you could be doing you wish you could be doing a different job you need to actually be doing uh, be doing that in in some form because yeah nobody's gonna knock on your door and just give it to you so i mean we were recommended for a project uh the learny project which was uh it was a kids app um where kids got to answer questions and and they matched um there was colors and shapes and letter games in there and uh, it was all with animals and dinosaurs and uh and it was a lot of fun and we we got recommended to do that project because we had we had become known as the guys who make kids apps so i mean that was that was another way that that a side project has kind of evolved into into real work uh, is because we we were putting our apps out there and um, becoming known as as the the guys who make kids apps and then we got recommended to, uh, for this project which was which was a lot of fun so I mean there's a there's various reasons for actually doing side projects before even thinking about okay how am I going to make this into a into a real business I also think it really helps you build an audience. Um, you know, maybe you want to to grow your email list or maybe you want more Twitter followers, even though they're kind of redundant because the engagement is so low. But I've noticed that whenever I do a side project, I always experience a surge in um, followers. Have you noticed that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, whenever you get, whenever something gets mentioned on, on a significant blog or you get some good coverage on Product Hunt or or wherever, yeah, you get, you definitely get a lot of, um, a lot of people looking at your work. Yeah. But I think that to really, like to really turn a side project into a business, I think that you have to approach it like a business. So even though, you know, the whole term side project derives from the fact that you are working on it on the side alongside your main gig. So that might only be weekends or evenings that you have to work on it, but it still requires a level of commitment that not many people are willing to make long term, which is why so few side projects are successful or profitable. So to kind of approach it like a business, for example, say your side project is an app that you've built a software as a service and you know you're not going to have on the sales page hey sign up to this plan for 25 pounds a month but it's my side project so I can't promise 24 7 support you know Mm -hmm. people didn't go to my my email course landing page where I promised people personal feedback one-to-one feedback on their photos and I didn't say but be patient because I'm working on it alongside my main job you know you've got to market it like you would a proper business Mm -hmm. else people won't take it as seriously and therefore your side project won't have the chance of developing into a business yeah definitely agree with that if you if you take it seriously then other people will but if you treat it as a bit of fun and just something you're doing on the side, then then it'll stay that way. You need to you need to make time for the side projects. So whether it's an hour a week or a day a week or you know whatever, but just consistently work on them. And it, it's okay to not know at the beginning how you're going to make money off of it. But at some point, you need to sit down and think, okay, is this a real business? And if so, I need to take it seriously. Absolutely, and. You know, one of the things that you have to be aware of is that it's not going to happen overnight. Like turning a side project into a business is going to take time. And somebody I've mentioned a lot on this podcast is Rachel Andrew, who 
co-founded Perch and Perch started as a side project and you know she said that it's taken four years for them working on it alongside client work before they did it full-time so for four years they were juggling client work alongside their side project for four years you know if you're going to do things on the side it's going to take time for it to gain momentum it's a much slower process for it to build up so expect that it's going to take time Mm -hmm. Um, another point I think is, uh, to, if you're going to write, you've decided to take it seriously. How do you do that? The, you need to define a, a business model. So you need to look at how you're going to make money off it. And there are different methods of making money from your side project. You could make money from selling the product itself, either to the end user, or you could build something that you can customize for clients and resell to them. You can apply for funding to, to, fund your um your side project uh, or you could use the side project to generate paid work so like we did with the with the Learny app you know we we were making our own apps but eventually that led to some client work so people actually paying us to make kids apps so i mean there's a various ways that you can make money off a side project not just from selling something directly to to a user i mean there there are multiple avenues to get some some revenue in there so you you have to just think about what your business model is going to be i bet a lot of people and myself included do things without really thinking about what the business model is going to be because you don't really associate side projects with business models do you you think i'll just do this for fun i'll just give it a shot and see what happens but yeah i think you're right it does help to define a business model Mm -hmm. so i have another point Try not to be all things to all people. Okay, so I follow this guy on Twitter called Dan Coverdale. Um, I think I've said his surname right. Now, he was one of the first people that I followed on Twitter, which is going way back to like 2007, which is a long time in the internet years, you know. It is indeed. It's a long time. So Dan's a designer, but he's also a rally enthusiast. And he um, he combined his love for design and rally by creating a rally-focused uh, merchandise company. So t-shirts, mugs, stickers with all of his own um, original rally-based designs. So I see, because I follow him on Twitter, I see his project doing quite well. You know, he posts pictures to Twitter of all of the merch he's sending out and he blogs about it. And... His success has stuck with me as a side project because I think t-shirts are a particularly difficult market to succeed in. Production costs are high, it's very competitive. So I asked him, told him we were recording this podcast and asked him for advice on turning a side project into a business. And he said, I'd say try not to try to be all things to all people. I've lost focus in the past by trying to have too broad of an appeal. Whilst you may appeal to a larger group, I found you can be forgettable. A niche product builds up a more personal customer relationship. And that's something that we've spoken about a lot in the podcast, isn't it, Paddy? Doing Mm -hmm. one thing and doing it well or focusing on a niche. And that the same thing applies to picking a side project to delve into. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, collaboration is a, is another big another big way to to succeed in in moving a side project into something more serious like a business. So, if you collaborate with other people rather than hiring them, then 
you you get to share in the well yeah you don't have to invest money in it then the two of you or three of you or however many can can invest time in in making your product uh, a success so the big point about collaboration though is that you can motivate each other so when i when we're making the kids apps, when I design something and then I, I send it over to Alain to, to implement it and in no time he's got something working and animating and, and jumping around, I'm really eager to make the next thing for him. So there's there's a lot of motivation there coming from each of us and you can't slack because the other people are counting on you. Same for this pro- this podcast as well. Like it's a it's a side project and it's uh, but because there's two of us involved, it it becomes you're more motivated to to keep it going and and keep showing up and and putting the effort into it because you don't want to let the other person down and uh, it's it would be a lot different it can be a lot tougher if you're trying to make make something on your own so a side project that's just purely you working on it it can be quite it can be quite difficult to keep the the motivation going and that's something maybe you have with uh, like your photography course and stuff because it's it's just you right yeah it's just me but you know i have um Oh, 62 students so you know there's a lot of um even though nobody's helping me create the content there's still a lot of motivation to turn up every day and see what people what photos people have taken because I have 62 students kind of depending on me but yeah I mean we spoke about collaboration way early on in the podcast one of the first few episodes I'm sure didn't we mm-hmm and I think I always forget that this podcast is a collaboration just because sometimes it feels, since it's not something that we make money from, I kind of forget that it is actually a side project. And I think I'm sure collaboration is a lot more helpful too than just hiring people because then you're both more inclined to kind of promote the work that you've been doing. So say, you know, you've been, you you work on your um, wee taps with your business partner, you're both likely to um, promote it actively as opposed to just you because you've hired him. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I think it's quite important and I don't know if you'll disagree with me, Paddy. I'm okay if you do disagree <laughs> with me, but I think it's important to ensure your side project is for an audience that you're already a part of. You know, I think if your side project caters to an industry that you're already established in, it'll help you gain traction quicker and become a profitable um, business easier. You know, I certainly know that my first few customers for Insurance by Jack were people that I met through attending web conferences. And it will be easier to turn your side project into a business if you're catering to an audience that you already have connections in. You know, I could go away and build an app for dentists, but I have no dentist connections. I have no clout in that industry. So it would take a lot longer to develop my project into a business and it would be more of an uphill struggle. So make things a tad easier in yourself, give yourself a better chance of success and work with an audience you're already a part of. Do you agree, disagree? Definitely doing what you're good at and doing what doing what you already know is is a is good advice and look at the the problems that you're having every day in your in your industry. I think that's all great. But I mean, you don't have to like I make kids apps and and I don't have kids, so it's not I don't really have that connection where I know I know really what what's shopping for kids apps or that kind of discovering them. I, I don't really have first hand experience with that, but I do have uh, 
I do know what what I like and, and I like kind of immature dinosaurs and, and things like that there. So, I mean, that's, I do sort of know about that sort of stuff. And, and I like to, I mean, I'm, my passion is in design and illustration. So, I mean, I'm doing, doing what I love there. So I am sort of, it's not that I'm doing something completely, um, unknown to me, but I think you can, you can always target markets that are, that you're not a part of, but, it definitely helps if you if you know the subject and know what you're what you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah, knowing what you talk about that that kind of leads on to my next point, which is have a lift pitch. So I think we've talked about lift pitches before. So it's like you get into you get into a lift on the ground floor with someone who could potentially invest in your in your product, and you've got the time it takes for the lift to get to the top floor to convince them. So how how are you going to say it? And you know one or two sentences you need to be able to be so familiar and have your your idea down you know so concise and be able to say you know my app does this and here's why you should care about it and i need this much money so if you can if you can do that and have it really really broken down into the basics uh, then you can easily explain it to future customers collaborators people at events um potential investors potential uh, users of your product if you if you can't boil it down to the those basics then maybe it's too complicated and you you might have to go back to the drawing board with it oh my goodness can i please try this right now because i i don't actually have lift pitch and i want to like just do one off the cuff okay okay this might be terrible because I'm, I'm just going to do one off the cuff for my email course okay. okay so my email course is designed to get you into the habit of picking up your camera on a daily basis and you should care because so many people um, buy their cameras and then never learn to use them that was terrible <laughs> <laughs> but you see but, it's it's something yeah. you don't really you don't really sit down and try and try and put it into one sentence or two sentences are really uh, it, it's hard to do it off the cuff and then if you kind of that that wasn't terrible by the way but the like sometimes you can waffle on about uh, about a product and people are kind of you know, confused actually, you know, what, what is it your product actually does? I mean, I've heard so many products at, at uh, product ideas at, at events and things where, where people are kind of just, uh, you know, it, it kind of does this and kind of does that. And, and I really have no idea what, what it was, but it's really a worthwhile exercise to sit down and, and really put it into one concise sentence about what exactly it is and why people should care about it. It really is. Because if you think about it as well, when you're kind of like, when I was building my landing page, I had so much screen kind of estate to work with. I could could waffle on for as long as I wanted to convey what the course was. But you don't have that when you're, like you said, in a lift doing your pitch with somebody. Yeah. <laughs> it's not literally being in a lift, is it? No. Okay. Talking about the idea, the the idea is just such a tiny, tiny, tiny part of your business. So ideas are easy, but actually following through and delivering on them is the hard part. So you need to put the work in on the, on the execution. So don't keep the idea floating around your head forever. Uh, and it's just have it on the back burner. And it's something that, that you'll eventually get to. And you keep telling yourself that start actually building something. And once you, once you see something real and you have something to play with, even if it's really rough, then it's much easier to be motivated about it. So, yeah, actual ex- execution and, and building something is is really important. And that leads on to the last point, which I think is 
is the most important one is to actually ship something. So don't wait until it's perfect or it'll never be finished. So we have multiple apps in the in the app store right now, and this kind of helps our brand as they they have their you know a family of apps, and if people buy one, they're more likely to buy another. And we have multiple small projects rather than one large never ending project. But the thing is that the shipping gets much easier the more you do it. So we've we're we're able to get from idea to development to shipping a lot faster now than than we did in the beginning. Like our first app took took us a lot more time and we it definitely was something that floated around in our heads for a while before we actually built something but now nowadays we know to to get stuck in and actually get something working and and put it out there as soon as possible as soon as it it's you know an mvp that 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 we're proud of do you know how long my email course floated around in my head before i did it (laughs) i don't know two years really but then as soon as i started writing that first email as soon as I took the photos for the first project it just became easier to get to the end point so you're Mm -hmm. right just start and just ship yeah now I want to put you on the spot Paddy okay okay here's a question for you okay so my email course and my opinion has been a success okay it's been a successful side project because to make 2.3 thousand inside project revenue and to think that I could potentially do that every month with my email course for the country that I live in and the lifestyle that I lead that's a really nice wage okay Mm -hmm. so I've launched my email course it's validated itself it's been profitable what advice would you give me for now turning it into a business or is it already a business well I mean it's it's already it's already half a business I guess um that it's went from I mean in the beginning did you think about it as a business before you started or was it something you were just curious about and wanted to put out there I think it it was uh, definitely just a curiosity can I Mm. make this work but I I think once you so your point of of taking it seriously I guess happened when you started seeing oh whoa there's some people are really interested in this and people are paying real money for uh, it must have been some point there whenever there must have been a point where it, where it kind of flipped for you okay now I need to take this seriously because it's it's you know making me some real money and if I if I concentrated fully on this I mean where where could I take this so that's it's it's important to have that moment as well I think to to see that okay this is a this is a real business but now you're now you're at the stage where you're, so you're right in the middle of it right now, right? Yeah. Put, putting them out. So this is still a, a learning phase as well. So I would, I would definitely have, have a moment of reflection at the, at the end of it and see, okay, what stuff worked and what stuff didn't work. And, uh, I would definitely talk to, talk to all your customers and, and ask them, you know, what they, what they enjoyed about the, about the process and why they actually, uh, signed up for it and did they feel it was value for money and what stuff would they like you know that that wasn't in there and and really take on board all of that that feedback and then iterate on it and I think uh, as soon as possible get the get the second one out there to show to show okay the the first one was such a success here's where we're coming now with the with the second season of um, yeah. of the email course and then that shows to everybody out there okay this is this is something that's clearly working because Ashley's coming back with with the the second one now I like that I like that a lot thank you no worries 
Shall I do the outro now? You can, yeah. Okay, here we go. You're listening to Working Out Podcast. You can get us on Twitter at Working Out Show. Or email us if that's your bag at info at workingoutpodcast.com. And you can also chat with us in our Slack channel. It's a lot of fun. Just um, holler at us if you want in. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.